Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Thinking Christian Podcast. I'm here, Dr. James Spencer, with uh, Nate and our special guest, Brian Sumner. And uh, Brian, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself, tell a little bit about yourself, give us a little bit of your story, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, I'm a guy from Liverpool, England, and normally most of you wouldn't know even what I'm saying, and probably think I'm speaking in tongues, you know, you could probably try and interpret, but I've been living stateside for literally, what, two and a half decades now, I'm 44, and I came over here to skateboard professionally, and for Tony Hawk, wasn't a believer, came to faith, God did some amazing things, um, and so yeah, I'm just excited, got up, did some jujitsu, hanging out in the room with some cats, catching up <laughs> with my old school bro Nate, and getting to meet you, so just, just thankful for what the Lord's doing. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. So... Yeah. <laughs> well, Tony Hawk is somebody I'm actually familiar with. So I did not grow up in skateboard culture necessarily. But um, mm. I would say, like I said, you know, before we actually started the interview, started the recording, I was sort of a failed skateboarder. Um, I had a skateboard. I don't know why that's doing that on the video. Um, <laughs> AI is horrible. I mean, I think, I think we AI is affirming the universe. It's celebrating my horrible skateboarding. Um, no, you're, the doctor, you're the doctor here, so maybe it's a good thing it didn't work out. So. <laughs> that's right. But I actually had my first skateboard was a Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk skateboard. Hmm. Um, and so uh, I know Tony Hawk. So talk a little bit about how you came over yeah. and, and we're skating for Tony. You know, uh, Liverpool is a celebrated place. You know, you've got um, the Beatles, you've got soccer, you know, football. I always joke, it is football. It's a ball you kick with your foot. Um, it's this beautiful <laughs> town. You know, and, and, and even you, I, I could say five things right now that both of you would know exactly what I mean. Like the famous song, You'll Never Walk Alone. That's our anthem. But yet as a city, you know, it was together and it's drinking, it was together and it's um, providing jobs, it was together and it's unemployment. You've got decades of this family feel, but it's actually a really rough place. There's a lot of fights, there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of gangs, and not like the California gangs where it's, you know, sometimes Asian on Asian, black on black, Hispanic, Hispanic. 
there's just rough areas. So I grew up in a place without really knowing God, a lot of big Catholic buildings, you know, churches, a lot of Muslim friends, Jehovah Witness, Mormon, a lot of atheist, agnostic. I'm saying this to say, you know, at 44, as a young kid with the Beatles influence and this kind of Darwinian mindset, you're just raised in like this thriving city that's a bit rough with no clue about God. So I didn't know my purpose. I'm playing football, I'm doing martial arts, and then I get what? I get a movie that you'll remember, Nate definitely does, uh, Police Academy 4, you know, when those movies came out. And here's something you guys don't realize to all our American listeners. In the 90s, when I'm over there as a booktooth kid in Liverpool, you're seeing Married with Children, which was huge in, in England. Americans laugh like, why? It was so big in England, Police Academy, The Simpsons and the wrestling. So I'm this kid in gloomy Liverpool looking to America, Hulk Hogan, skateboarding, police academy. So I fall in love with American culture, go get a skateboard. I visit America for the first time to uh, Belmar, New Jersey, get my real first skateboard, and then go back to Liverpool. And I'm setting that all up to say, if we were all friends in school, 12, 13, 14, our brothers or sisters are maybe doing acid or partying or there's trouble, what are we going to do? We're getting in fights, we're getting into trouble. Yes, there's a lot of good, but it's generally pretty rough. Right at that age, I found skating, and skating kind of just took me away from that, where it just mm-hmm. was like, this is six or seven hours of my day, committed to skating, doing tricks, whatever. Uh, two years of that, I get noticed couple more years, I get invited by Tony Hawk to come live in America at 15, 16, which is crazy because, and, and this is your generation, you know, the X Games is getting big. Now the video yeah. games are coming out. They want some English riders. There's a mm-hmm. few guys ahead of me, the Jeff Rollies, the Tom Pennies, you know, Naked Fillers in with all of that, these legendary super pros. So I was this amateur coming over, riding for Flip, then riding for Birdhouse Tony Hawk, and that just became my life. But I had no clue about God. I had no foundation. I was basically about to gain the whole world, my world, still losing my soul. I was about to inherit the American dream because, you know, it's 16, 17, having 400 bucks a month to eat Taco Bell and go in jacuzzis and live in an apartment (laughs) with four of your friends. You've you've made it. And then it blows up. So now you're 19 and you're making five, 10, 20, 30,000 dollars a month. And so, so I'm saying, so life is perfect. It's like you just said, Brian, what do you want? This is exactly what I asked for, exactly what I got. So it was unfolding well, you know. So <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So what went wrong, man? I mean, where where did you yeah. kind of hit that that point yeah. where you realized that Christ was a necessity, that the life you yeah. had wasn't really the life you wanted? You know, where did he where did he redirect those misdirected desires? You know what's funny, uh, and because you know now having three kids of my own, um naturally part of you know you'd say our sin nature we get to puberty and we kind of rebel against our parents you know first against your mom to test your boundaries to the young parents out there you've kind of got to see you know this man's going to leave the home to become one flesh you know a card with his wife eventually or this daughter's going to kind of push back on dad to go and be married to someone or whatever i didn't have that because i just moved to america so there wasn't any rebellion there wasn't living you know and just to some of our listeners who say, man, this guy dropped out of school at 15. No, I finished school because I did well at school early in England. I finished at 15, 16. I went to art school for like six months. So everything was perfect, but there was no rebellion against my parents. There was no whatever. So I'm saying that to say my life was actually perfect. 
My family was solid, two older sisters, I went to school, I got sponsored, I'm touring the world, I'm making money, everything's so good, and then I meet this woman, we fall in love, everything's so good, then we're pregnant, I have a baby on top of the world, but what's the ingredient that we all know about if we're believers is that, you know, we have a sin nature, we struggle, you put two sinners together, marriage is a place to die, less of me, more of him, just like Christianity is, you know, it's a dying to self, yeah. serving everyone else. Jesus came not to be saved, but to serve. Two or three years of marriage, when everything's been so easy, there's no infidelity, there's no adultery, there's no whatever, but before long we're fighting, maybe this isn't the right person. And I guess to pastor some people, it's almost like me saying, wow, I must have married the wrong one. You know, you watch Disney, you meet the prince, you meet the princess happily ever after, that's how we're raised as one soulmate. Biblically, yeah, God cleaves you together. He's in it for eternity. That's how we look at it. Till death do we part. What happened with me is I got divorced. I got separated. Everything had worked out till that point. And I said, you know what? And this is what's weird. Coming from England, there's no foundation. Like we would joke about God. It's late night. We're around the fire. You're talking about UFOs. Nate's talking about Sasquatch. I'm talking about, you know, the origin of species. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, like God's just like an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time in my life, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm going to prove there's no anything because if there's no anything, meaning God, nothing matters. My yeah. biggest influence was Bruce Lee as a kid. I read all his philosophy books, the Taoism, the Tao Te Ching. You know, I wanted to go to philosophy school. Yeah. I just was, was go. why wouldn't <laughs> I? And the deepest thought I could think was, and this is a good thought, if there's no God, nothing matters. Either yeah. I'm made on purpose and something should be telling me, whether you say it's the universe or not, I should be able to figure something out, that deep question, you know, why are we here? Because if not, I am just roadkill. And whoever's the president, who cares? If I'm divorced, who cares? If I break my ankle, who cares? I mean, there's two options. And you, I won't say his name, but we all know, the, you know, the, the apologist who's gone on and passed now. But his main thing was either you were made in God's image or you weren't. And if you were made, what's the purpose? And if you win, nothing really matters. It's right. like Ken, Ken Ham says, time plus chance plus matter. Is that all we are? No. So that was where it got me to that doorstep of I'm hurting, I'm divorced, I'm separated. Is there something bigger? And from that, I was about to step in and challenge everything. So if you have any thoughts on that, yeah, probably triggered. Well, I mean, one of the things I, that comes to mind, I, I did a lot of work on the Tao Te Ching. It was, it mm. was interesting. Like after I became a Christian, um, one of my buddies said, hey, you're too hardheaded to be discipled by just normal human beings. You need to go to seminary. Like you need to figure this <laughs> stuff out for yourself. And so I was in seminary and I was working as a personal trainer. And one of the guys that I worked with was a yep. Taoist. Like he read the Tao Te Ching daily Crazy. and, and really never drew wisdom from that. I've never even speak back to me about it because it's yeah. the Tao Te Ching in, in England. So that's crazy to even know that. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I picked up a copy because I was like, well, maybe I should know what this dude's vibe is, right? Like I'm like, yeah. if I'm going to witness to him, I should understand at least what he's talking about because I'm like, yeah. what is the Tao Te Ching? And so I read it and um, it's sort of fascinating. I mean, it, it has... Um, you know, you can understand where people are going with it, right? You know, um, uh, definitely the stuff about the beauty of it, yeah, right, and just the flow like water and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I was able to have some really <laughs> interesting conversations with him about the Tao Te Ching. Um, but I've never really had anybody on who's actually read it, it and up. understands it. And I almost um, didn't you did a movie on it, right? Reason. Didn't well, you do you know, it? So, here's what's you did funny. the 
the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. So really, I mean, Tao just meaning, you know, truth. Right. You've got to think. So when I listen to Bruce Lee, I mean, he's articulate, he's brilliant, he's a handsome guy. Yeah. But he's just rehashing Eastern philosophy. He's yeah. just rehashing, you know, meditating in a forest, not to fault Bruce, because he was probably as violent as I was. I mean, you know, if you ever listen to Dan Inosanto, one of his best friends, he says, oh, Bruce will teach you to be the most flicky, punchy um, technique guy ever. But when he would get in a gym and spar, he says he was like Roberto Duran. He was just yeah. like a boxer who would just wail. And he goes, he was the most violent. He said, on my fifth, what was it? Whatever his birthday was, he said, we were sparring. And he was hitting me so hard, he rang my bell. He says he was an angry guy. His anger alone was the dangerous part of Bruce. You know, and Interesting. I'm trained in martial yeah. arts, so I get it. But, but my point is... And you might not realize this. You'll never not see it now. Where did this all come from? This all came from George Harrison and the Beatles going to India, bringing in this cultured re relevance. You go to Liverpool, you see Chinatown, you see the Indian side of it, you see the packet, you see this kind of influence that came in with the New Age. So to me, the Lao Tzu and these books was like, hey, this is great. But the problem is... I'd read all that stuff, so now I'm trying to disprove it all. First place I look to is the Rastafari's because they're all mellow and chill, probably because a lot of them were stoned. But then right. the Bible comes down the Nile, right. you have the Pibli. Then yeah. my Mormon friends, well, where's their doctrine? Then Jehovah. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Witness, and what we're saying to our listeners is that... Um, you can go meditate in a field all day, or you can just, just think deep thoughts, but it doesn't tell you why you're here. It doesn't tell you why there's pain in here. It doesn't tell you yeah. why when I say if someone is molested, it's wrong. Why is that so wrong? It doesn't tell you why this whole COVID debacle and what's going on right now in Israel, why is it wrong? None of these yeah. things really answer that because if we're just evolving, we're just chaotic roadkill anyway. So I started yeah. there, and here's the beautiful thing, and then you guys take this wherever – then there's divorced, you know, almost suicidal Brian, too, because I'm like, life's been easy. I'm not a citizen. I'm fighting with this woman. How much am I going to see? The, the OCD, too, that comes with skating, you want things to be so perfect. I don't mm -hmm. know if either of you guys have had that, but OCD oh, yeah. is kind of what gets you somewhere normally, the daily discipline. When you yeah. wake up divorced and struggling, but what happens is I open Genesis 
first time in my life opening a Bible. Well, second time. Listen to this. The first time I opened the Bible in our house, opened it in the middle, and I read this word, tabarnacle. Okay, what do you think tabarnacle is? Tabernacle. <laughs> it's like something out of SpongeBob. I'm like, tabarnacle? And I just put the Bible down and never opened it again. <laughs> so <laughs> so now, though, isn't it made tabarnacle? You can just hear the SpongeBob music. But so what happens is then I open it to Genesis 1, and I'm trying yeah. to disprove all this stuff. I've gotten into some fights. I'm not a citizen. I'm getting in trouble. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, who's speaking here? We know. Let us make man in our image. And my rebellious self said, well, if I'm made in your image, God, why does life suck? Why am I divorced? Why do kids get molested? Why is my mom dying of cancer? This is a real question. You know, one thing we did get taught in England, yeah. and you would appreciate this as a doctor, is if I'm coming to your class, you want someone that's going to challenge what you're saying because it allows you to teach even more and to use the mind like, like, like we see our Hebrew brothers and sisters would do. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm trying to disprove from Genesis 1, I get to 2, 3. Well, Brian, the reason it's like this is God says, don't eat of this tree, but you guys did, okay? Mm -hmm. And then Adam's naked in the bushes, which we all are. We're all hiding from God. We're not in sin. We're good. I'm, I'm, I'm translating it to the Brian version because our listeners get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. But then, but then what do I do? And then we can go deep into some of the amazing stuff God did in that season. But then I just began to read to disprove I wasn't living at home, and I was thinking about getting another house. She was living with her parents, were fighting like crazy. And as I'm reading this Old Testament, here's what's funny. I'm a vegan, don't eat meat, don't want to kill animals. Picture being a <laughs> vegan, reading the Old Testament, and what do we have to do every year because of our sin? Kill yeah. the innocent lamb, send the goat outside the city, shed blood over a doorpost, you know, because the angel of death. This book's right. barbaric. I'm reading in the Hebrew. <laughs> I'm harassing rabbis, I'm harassing priests. I was probably hitting up people like Nate, like, dude, what's up with the Bible? So I'm reading about God, but I don't know him. I make it all the way through to the old, to the uh, New Testament without knowing or encountering Jesus. So it's pretty crazy, you know? So uh, that, anyway, that's I'm saying any questions that come from that for you guys, because it was pretty crazy. I didn't know that part. Uh, I, I've heard your testimony. I didn't realize that you yeah. read, read the whole Old Testament in its entirety. That's crazy before. So my question is, was there a yeah. person you met? Did God use somebody like in the flesh to help you? Like, did you need that relationship of other people? Yeah, because you know what happens? I mean, obviously, Revelation says, you know, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So yes, it's prophetic as we're hearing from Jesus, yeah. but about Jesus. And there's a lot of skaters that have always been like, we're Christian, but I didn't really know that. So as I'm now going through this chaos, going to the van skate park, here's Lance Mountain or Ray Barbie or Josh Harmony or Chad Tim Tim. I'm asking them questions. And what they're seeing is like, dude, this guy's fired up. This guy's asking questions about, I mean, listen, I was asking about Methuselah. How could he be this long? How did it never live this long? How has it never rained? What are Nephilim? And why is people circumcised? I'm English, you know, I mean, not to go there, but I'm like, hey, it's in the Bible. I'm looking at all these things, and these dudes are probably like, Brian Sumner's like going crazy. So all these people were helping me. But here's the thing I realize now. I was going to them with a zeal of an evangelist because that's how I am. You know, like I'm immediately right there with you, John the Baptist, like today's the day. I'm going to all these people. Here, I'll just say some amazing things that I don't tell people, right? Like as enough as I should. I got knocked out when I was 15 skating on a handrail. I hit my head. I sat up Ooh. and I said, I've seen God. 
all my friends are laughing at me. I'm throwing up. I said, I've seen God. I'm going to live in America. I'm going to arrive for Airwalk, and God's got a plan for my life. I haven't even said this in years saying this. It's so strange. Wow. Hit my head for a second, was like knocked out um, for three days throwing up. And all I could say is I had this picture of this white, powerful, just telling me like, I have a plan for your life. Well, I wasn't sponsored yet. So I got sponsored by Airwalk, which Nate can tell you, to, to know that you would get sponsored is crazy. Then to actually live in America. And what's amazing is when I ended up coming to faith, I was telling someone, I can't explain what this is like, this feeling. And my mind went back to when I was a kid at 15. And I said, oh my gosh, did I have this encounter with the Lord? Because it wasn't like you're going to be a pastor, you're going to go be a preacher, you're going to write a marriage book. It was that I have a plan for your life, which is like, you know, Romans eight fourteen. as many as are led by the yeah. spirit of God or the sons of God. But so anyway, Nate, to go back to what you're saying, I was encountering all these people. I was trying to disprove it all. I hadn't believed yet. And it really came down to, I'll say it like this as well. I was walking downtown from my house. I didn't have my own Bible. And I was literally like, Lord, I need a Bible. If you're God, I need a, you know, I had this old crusty thing. I'm walking up to a park and sitting on a bench wrapped in film is this like NLT, like $50 Bible that's like the color of this cup sitting on a bench as I'm saying it. And I, I'm saying that to say I picked it up, opened it, didn't go downtown, came home, and I began to highlight it in pink. So I have that Bible I should have showed you mm, from, Ge awesome. from Genesis 1 to Malachi. Every single thing that I wanted to be a contradiction, I highlight. I could probably do a 10-hour podcast on all the things I was trying to disprove. <laughs> you know, the yeah. flood, how many animals, why this, why that. But here's the thing, and you might have heard that famous love song, you know, from Calvary Chapel. Many know him well, others just by name. I knew about him, but I didn't know him. And here's the big thing that I realize Christians might not get sometimes. From the outside, we view you Christians as believing and at the end of your life like on the simpsons you go up the escalator and here's saint peter in the gate and you're like oh i guess the right one that's not christianity christianity <laughs> is all these laws all these foreshadows all these promises all fulfilled in the person of jesus christianity is behold the lamb of god and think about that if we were on the banks of the jordan i'm john the baptist and i told you to there's the lamb of god you wouldn't turn around and expect to see a man. You would turn around and expect to see a lamb. Mm -hmm. They might not have got the prophecy is about a man. To see Jesus, to believe in Jesus, to get it, John proclaimed this truth. He walked, lived, died. He was a scapegoat who died outside the city. I was reading all this stuff, but I didn't know Jesus. And what happened was, at a community service, I'd finished the Bible by now. I'd bought this house. I'd said to my ex-wife, let's just make this work for the sake of my son. You know, by the time he's four or five, I don't want to be here, so be it, but let's just make it work. And then I came home one day from community service. We got in a huge argument, and I went into this room here, and I got down on my knees, and here's the big thing. Why was I going to God? If you guys would have interviewed me then and said, Brian, what were yeah. you going to God for? It was just like, I guess I just wanted to know, is it real? Is this the way? Are we evolved or not? It really wasn't about my sin. And in that room, to sound more reformed Calvinistic for a second, I'm just saying that to poise the question, to back Ray Comfort or someone, you know, in that room, as I'm like, Lord, and I remember calling him Lord, you know, like God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. I mean, I even said, you know, like Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. This is how in, yeah. the, in the Hebrew I was, I could have probably preached. 
I'm on my knees. Like, I'm sick of fighting with this woman. I'm sick of my life. I'm not a citizen. I don't care about skating. And as I'm giving this rant to God, it was like he impressed on me. Your sin, your issue, your sin. And in my mind, I'm like, I've never really repented and believed and trusted. I've never really laid it all down. Not that it's a human thing, but but God meets us there. He's the one who wills it all, him in us and through us. 25 feet from where I am in that room, one o'clock in the night, my wife, who's still my ex at the time, asleep right here in this room next to my son. I'm in this room crying out. And it was like, God was like, you know, you've sinned. You know, and that could have been Ray Comfort's words as he goes down, you know, the, the Romans road. That could, whatever way God used that, yeah. I knew my need. I understood what repentance was. When Jesus was walking the shores of Galilee proclaiming repentance, or John the Baptist, Peter or Paul, those Jews, those Greeks, they knew what it meant. I didn't. It was the first time I really was like, I'm spiritually dead in need of forgiveness. And I said, Lord, I'll give you my life, give you my skating. I'll get baptized. I'll remarry this woman. And this is what I can say. This kid who I've, I have 30 Bruce Lee books in the garage that are probably rare. I could sell for 400 books. I mean, these are, these are first editions. I have all these writings from school. Everything I knew about the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu, Krishnamurti, in one instant, I felt this presence that I knew was getting a hold of me, like God. Like I knew God was like, this is the moment you'll remember. I came to faith. I was saved. I'm sitting there laughing and crying, saying, I can't believe this is real. How do my sisters not know? The idea of like meditation, the universe, Gnosticism, New Age, all just gone in one instant. Like, you know that you know that you know. I was born again. I had the woman at the well encounter, the demonized guy in Matthew 5, Mark 5. It's just like I knew, and I sat in this room laughing and crying okay, Lord, and I came in here, my wife doesn't speak half as much as I do, she's American, sits up, gives me this speech for five or 10 minutes of everything I've just been in there praying, and I just said, okay, babe, I'm gonna follow Jesus, and she thinks I'm crazy. For the next three weeks, I'm following him, she's thinking I'm nuts, she comes to faith, we're remarried in three months, my son, to, you know, my son's 23 now, married two years, my daughter's 16, my other son's 13, so, got saved redeemed restored i was born again so and then i just gave everything to him like whatever you want to do with all of this you know so and in the same house no less i didn't know same that same house that's still, still haven't paid it off you know cost to live in california so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm not preaching the prosperity gospel today you know? <laughs> Hey, everybody, that's Brian Sumner. Man, that was hard to find a break without disturbing the frantic flow of his testimony. It's kind of like a skateboard. Uh, I felt I felt like I was on a skateboard with uh, with Brian there. But here you go. A time for a break on Thinking Christian. When we return, more from Brian and his testimony. I'm Richard Beatty. You're listening to Thinking Christian on Life Audio. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air, they're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. 
When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.